Welcome to Connect Canyons. Today we're going to discuss movies, books that have gone from page to screen, or books that we want to go to screen. I have the honor of speaking to Gretchen Zysef, our librarian specialist for the district, who is an expert on all things books. Maria Jones, a teacher librarian from Corner Canyon. Thank you for joining us, ladies. Thanks for having us, Stephanie. We're excited to be here. Now let's get started. When I um, heard that we were going to do, when we discussed doing page to screen, my little heart won a flutter because nothing is better than a book that you get so into that you want it made into a movie. Are there some books right now that you are just dying to have made into movies? Well, we were talking earlier about Lunar Chronicles which is the, um, a fairy tale retelling that takes place in a dystopian world uh, that has science fiction and fantasy elements. And that w- would be the one I am waiting for, and I'm happy to announce that it's been opted as an animated uh, series. And that's the form that I want to see it in, because I think animation in this case would be able to represent the world that was created by the author in the best way possible. So often I think when we watch movies that's the hardest part is when you've read a book and you have this image in your head of what the character should look like or what it should like the magical things that happen in in the movie what they should look like. We've just had a landmark anniversary for Harry Potter's movies, and so students who grew up with the movies as opposed to the book releases are now coming back to find those titles and read the story. And I find that people who have read the books, when they see the movies, it's a richer experience because they understand what's not happening in the movie they have that context because you can't show everything when you make a movie the same way you can if you're writing you know a 500 page book there's this awesome poster that we actually have down in our copy center that is a picture of an iceberg and it has the tip of the iceberg as the movie and all the under the water is the book and it's such a great um, illustration of what really happens when you read a great book. It just can't all be in the movie. But some movies do such a great job of including just enough that the story is intact. You don't get the little tidbits that you would from the book, but it's enough to whet your appetite if you haven't read the book to then go back and read the book. One of the things that I find interesting about the Harry Potter series is my son got very into the books and he would not watch the movies until he'd finish the books. And I would harass him, and I'd be watching Deathly Hallows, and I'd be like, you want to come watch it? I haven't finished the book yet, Mom! (laughs) And I thought, hey, this is a great tool. Like, if there are movies that you're aware of that are good for your kids, this is a great way to get them reading. Because even Diary of a Wimpy Kid, like, my kids really love the movies. Unfortunately, they made me go with them. But (laughs) it's great that they were reading the books. Well, you'll be happy to know that there's a new Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie coming out in 2022. So Roderick Rules is moving from page (laughs) to screen. But that happens a lot with series, especially if their fan base is migrating back and forth from page to screen. So 
um, series like Harry Potter or Twilight, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, they have a fan base. And for movie makers, it's kind of a known entity. Um, unfortunately, sometimes you can tell that the filmmakers loved the story and took good care of it. Uh, and sometimes that's not true. If you watch the Lord of the Rings movies and listen to the director commentary, you can tell that Peter Jackson is a fan. But if you have read the Aragon series and you watch the movie, it's two totally different stories. You can tell that the filmmakers didn't love the story and they didn't really respect the fan base because the story they mishmash it and change it up and in ways that actually would not allow the story any of the storylines to move forward. It's so unfortunate when that happens. I think they did a great job, the directors and producers of the C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, actually did a wonderful job of sticking to the story. Um, I just was privileged to go to Hillcrest's version of Prince Caspian last night. And when I spoke to kids ahead of time, I was really disheartened at how many hadn't read the books. But I'm hoping that because they see something like that and something that's so true to the story that they'll want to go dive deeper. Do you have some YA books that like, you know are going to be made into films that you're excited for? or? Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of young adult books that are being made into films. And some of them are made into movies. Some are made into TV shows. I don't know who determines which ones would be better for what. Um, but the Shadow and Bone series... Well, I'm so, so excited for it. So the first season's out, and the second season they're fi- they're currently filming, and they've added a few more characters, and there's been a huge uptick in students reading Shadow and Bone and the Six of Crows series. Um, and King of Scars. And King of Scars, the, yep. Is the third duology in that series. And personally, Six of Crows is my favorite young adult, young adult duology. It checks all the boxes for me. So I was super excited to watch Shadow and Bone and see what happens to these characters in that duology before their story begins in the books. Yeah, the movie's kind of like their prequel. And so then we'll have their, the full six in this second season. So I'm really excited for that one. And that one's a TV show instead of a movie. And I'm really glad it's a TV show because the, you can go so much more in depth and the costuming is amazing and the casting is fantastic. And... That one I'm really excited about for the the TV show. That one's through Netflix. Um, Some of the other ones that are upcoming, um, our latest, our last two books for our book club for Corner Canyon, we read Scythe and the Inheritance Games, and those are like in early stages of becoming movies. So we don't know anything about those coming up other than they've been optioned to be a movie, which our students were really excited about to hear that those books were going to become movies. Um, Some other upcoming movies from YA Young Adult Books, They Both Die at the End, The Selection, What If It's Us, Long Way Down, Love Boat Taipei, Children of Blood and Bone, and then The Summer I Turned Pretty. So those are some that are upcoming that I'm personally excited for. I, there's a whole whole list online that I found that has even more. And what I'm really excited about is that a lot of those books have a lot of different representation of people of color, people of LGBT status, um, different nationalities. So it's a really cool thing to see. Every time I go past a um, school library, I love what you guys do for decorations. (laughs) I want a second job just doing decorations for libraries. But is it helpful when a movie comes out to draw attention that way because you have the movie posters? And do you find that that 
brings in even more kids when anytime there's a movie coming out or a show that's related to it or it comes out to Netflix or a new season comes out there's definitely a resurgence in the um, checkout status for each of those books and so it's nice we used to do a display of you know books to screen and we'd pull them all out and a lot of them are like the typical books like um you know, Allegiant, Twilight, Harry Potter, Hunger Games, Wonder. There's a lot of books that have been, that are very well known because of the book and because of the movie and the movie because of the book. Um, but of course, anything that you read in your English classes is, you know, most likely going to be made into a movie, like those those literary classics. Yeah. All of us procrastinators learn that trick fast. Books <laughs> <laughs> that don't always follow the, the movie. Like my husband's favorite book is The Count of Monte Cristo. But the ending of the movie does not match the ending of the book. You have to watch the French version with Gerard Depardieu oh. to see the book in its entirety, but you also have to be willing to read the French subtitles. Okay. I am a big Jane Austen fan and have always loved the Colin Firth version of Pride and Prejudice because they actually take dialogue out of the text, use it in context, and you can see the whole scene come alive. And I'm very excited for the fact that there are two versions of Persuasion coming out this year, one on the small screen and one on the large screen. I'm just very excited that you picked the right Pride and Prejudice so that we can continue to be friends. Because <laughs> not to bash Kira Knightley version, but ah, no, no, no. Hey, it just depends if you've got six hours or if you've got an hour and a half. Like, you can, there's it, a it's version It's very for true, and there are some beautiful things within the Kira Knightley version. Though, her hair sticks out of her wig, and I just can't, <laughs> I cannot abide. <laughs> but, but Persuasion is great. That's an exciting thing that they're going to do it. You said both as a series and? Yeah, there's two different productions, and that happens sometimes. Uh, for instance, there are two versions of Pinocchio coming out. Yes, Tom Hanks is in one. Tom Hanks is in one. So Disney Plus is doing a live action reboot for Pinocchio. But um, Guillermo del Toro, who was one of the directors on Harry Potter, is also doing a um, stop animation version for Pinocchio. Oh, now that's exciting because he's just a visionary. Are there any more children's books that, like, younger younger age? Well, my current favorite uh, was um, I recently watched The Mysterious Benedict Society on Netflix, and that follows kind of a team of children who are in this dystopian experience, and, you know, there are problem solvers. And the one of the female characters is like my new. I'm like, okay, I want to be her when I grow up. So if you're not familiar with the Mysterious Benedict Society, you could read the books and then watch the Netflix series, or you could do the reverse, which is watch the Netflix series and then find the broader world through reading the books. Which age group is that? I would say that's middle school to um, high elementary, you know, fourth and fifth grade. Certainly for every family, I recommend that you check the rating um, for, on Netflix and their recommended viewership. But we had the books on our elementary shelves. The books are perfectly fine. Uh, 
Maria mentioned Wonder. A lot of people are familiar with Wonder, both the book and the movie. The author has a new book called White Bird, which is a wonder story, which is also being made into a movie. So it occurs in the same universe. There are several other um, bad guys, which is a graphic novel series, is being made um, into an animated movie. Matilda by Roald Dahl is being made into a live action movie, but instead of being based on the book, it's actually based on the play. So if you've seen clips on YouTube or you've had the privilege of seeing it live and in person, um, you'll be a big fan of this movie. Uh, Emma Thompson plays um, Miss Turnbull. Oh, I would, Trunchbull. Trunchbull. I would guess Ms. you would have said Miss Honey. <laughs> so I know. Be even better seeing her as Miss Trunchbull. What? That's fantastic. One of my favorite scenes is the um, song from Matilda that they did on the Academy Awards, where it's just the um, children actors singing, and uh, I just. I wanted to show that to like every student and <laughs> say, this, this, this could be you. You could grow up and do this as a job. I may have done an ugly cry during the stage version of Matilda because th- there's so many things that are just so touching about that. And the original Danny DeVito version is mm-hmm. if you want to go back, I, I showed it to my children thinking, oh, some of the special effects in this are actually fairly cheesy, but they were all over it. They loved it. I mean, there's nothing like seeing the kid eat that big, giant chocolate cake and having everybody cheer for him. I feel like people should do that for me. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Lyle Lyle Crocodile is a picture book that's being made into a movie. It's about a family that moves into a townhouse in New York City only to discover that there's a crocodile in their bathtub. And the crocodile becomes like a member of the family and helps the family, but then one of the neighbors decides that the crocodile should be in a zoo. So that's coming out, and it's always interesting when a picture book gets made into a movie because you have to, the filmmakers have to expand the universe. Which can be troublesome, and Dr. Seuss's um, wife was quite upset with. For a long time, she was not going to allow any more films to be made after Mike Myers butchering of the cat in the hat because there were so much added to that that oh I just rhymed too that was not something Dr. Seuss would have approved of but um, kind of in the same vein of uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs you know it was a picture book before it was a movie and so you have to really expand that universe in order to tell that story because it fits really well as a book but it may not translate as well to the large screen. There's a quote by Ernest Hemingway who said, as, as an author, you just take your manuscript and you throw it over the state line into California and then you walk away. Because once you opt your um, manuscript, then you actually do lose control. And it has a lot to do with the dynamics, with the popularity. Um, at the beginning of Harry Potter, there was some talk about Warner Brothers like producing it here in the United States, and J.K. Rowling had enough clout to say 
there's no way that's going to happen. And so it was produced and um, in the UK, but also all the actors were British because that was representation of her story. And she had the ability to do that. Not every author does. Speaking of Twilight, when that film was first, or that book was first opted for film, the original screenplay Stephanie Meyer got back actually was so different from the original story that she said, this is, would make a great movie, but it's not my story. And over time, she also was able to get those rights back and then sell them again to a production company that took more care, but maybe not enough care of the story um, in order to bring it to screen. There is a young adult book that I thought the movie was better than the book, um, and it was Dumplin' by Julie Murphy. I I liked the book. I thought it was a good book, but I felt like the beginning of the book was kind of a little more all over the place and having it made into a movie, the movie really focused the storyline and kind of took away some of that wishy-washy with the boyfriend. Like, were they dating? Were they not dating? What's going on with the mom? Like, it just kind of really focused it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought they did a really good job converting that into a into a movie. So if you read Barry's Peter Pan, Peter is a little bit more of a wild child than the original Disney cartoon. And... Um, you know, it's a little more violent. It's more like a Grimm's fairy tale than the Disney-fied version of a lot of our classic fairy tales. But Disney is also bringing a live-action Peter and Wendy to Disney Plus uh, this year. And I'm not sure whether or not it'll be on the big screen first or it'll uh, premiere on Disney Plus. But that'll be interesting to see where that lands in a culture that has also had Hook and a couple of other iterations of Peter Pan since the Disney cartoon. There's a, I wrote a whole list down of all the like the English class classics. To Kill a Mockingbird, Pride and Prejudice, Count of Monte Cristo, Fifth Wave, Crucible, Fahrenheit 451, Giver, The Great Gatsby, Holes, anything by Shakespeare, anything by Jane Austen, Life of Pi. Like there was just like a whole, a whole list. Anything that you read in English class, there's always a movie. Recently, they redid Little Women, and what I thought was interesting about this iteration of Little Women is instead of telling the story of just that occurs in Louisa May Alcott's book they actually integrated part of her lived experience as an author in the end of the book. It's widely assumed that the Joe March character was Louisa May Alcott in real life and that she, um, when Louisa May Alcott begins to seek publishers She's documenting her experience through Joe in the novel and Joe's experiences. So I'm not going to tell you the end of uh, Little Women because I hope everyone would see that film and appreciate um, the way that story is told from the perspective of a female um, director based on a novel written by a female author. And it might not have been assigned for reading at school. I actually, there's one, um, there's a couple of YA ones that I truly enjoyed that 
did get made into movies, but they didn't get a, it seemed like they didn't hit, and it's a shame. I don't know if you saw Before I Fell or Before I Fall. It was on the NPR um, list. It's a great book. Oh, by Lauren Oliver? Yes. Loved, loved the book, and actually think they did a a fantastic job with a very difficult storyline to tell, and that the storyline, the idea of the story is that and this is not a spoiler, that the girl dies early on, but she keeps coming back to life and getting to relive the day and fix things. And it is beautifully done. I, and I actually truly enjoyed the Vampire Academy that they made. And, and they're making a new one. Oh, yes. <laughs> All things old or new again. Love it. I love the Vampire Academy. A lot of movies or other media that we consume, we don't actually connect it back to the printed work. So um, Mean Girls started out as a nonfiction book about bullying, and then they were able to kind of lift the, the ideas that were presented in the book and make Mean Girls the movie, and now it's a play. Well, that's because Tina Fey's a genius. <laughs> and I do believe that her husband actually wrote the music part for the play, which apparently genius runs in their family. Well, there are so many literary connections to the media that we consume that I recommend that as a family, you decide you know, how you're going to engage with the different forms. In our family, the rule was you had to read the book before you could see the movie. So we read Harry Potter as a family as it was coming out before the films. And that was a really rich experience for us because then we had all kinds of conversations about the film where my children were thinking critically about what they were and were not seeing on uh, the screen. The same way with like Hunger Games, the way that was translated to screen, what, you know, why were these scenes important? Why did the characters follow this arc? Um, as opposed to maybe what was on the page and, you know, how they engaged with the world. Like, was this exactly the way you saw it in your head when you saw it on the screen? One of the things that Tiffany Rosenhan said in our last podcast about books is that she treats um, book night like some families treat a movie night, that she sits around in the front room with her children and reads a book like it's a movie night like it's an event and I thought that was such a smart idea like it'd be easy to say hey for this month we're going to read this book and then at the end of it we're going to watch this movie I think it'd be a great way to engage your family in something that's going to be better beneficial to all of you and it will be it's always so fun to hear your kids take on a story as a librarian I'm hoping that you're engaging in the print besides just the digital or visual version, because reading fires off different activity in your brain than screen time. And so if you wanna build those synapses, and especially the perseverance it takes to like start a book and end a book, you know, start with the book if you can, and then um, have that, you know, cognitive experience, um, especially if you can share it and talk about it and 
build that kind of dialogue within your family and then go see the movie or watch the series. But don't replace the printed word with the adaptation. I agree completely. I also think that in a time when we're so used to being able to binge something, like you could finish something so quickly. Too many things, I think, are done quickly (laughs) where there's something to be said about savoring a book. I mean, even though I would like to stay up all night reading it, there's something nice about setting it down and having that to look forward to the next day. Or staying up until (laughs) 2 o'clock in the morning because you're just not going to sleep until you figure out how this story resolves. Thank you for listening to Connect Canyons. If you have story ideas, drop us a line. Once again, we'll be back next month with more great reads.